living in Las Vegas begins in three, two, one. Broadcasting live from Las Vegas, Nevada, it's that groovy little podcast that gives you a first-person look into what it's like to call Sin City your home. It's the Living in Las Vegas podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Incoming! Sorry about that. Welcome, everybody, to the Living in Las Vegas podcast here on the Vegas Video Network. Oh, they're clapping louder than usual because I've got this guy here, Tony Podesco. We're going to get to him in a second, but before we do that, congratulations, because you're listening to or watching the longest-running podcast about Vegas that actually comes from Las Vegas, which means that whether you're a local or a tourist, we want you to think of this show as your own secret handshake to all things cool and groovy. Now, our free show is on the first and third Tuesday of every month at uh, what time? Well, it's 7 o'clock Pacific time, p.m. At Vegas. No, it's always on time, except for today. (laughs) VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Come on over. Christina Aguilera will tell you. Come on over. Come on over, baby. Get yourself in the live chat. You're going to meet some really nice people, people who are friendly, people who love you. Well, there's a bunch of people right there. There's Sam and Jobs and Pops and some anonymous person and guys. And we got all kinds of groovy people hanging out there. And here's why, because we've made this amazing community. I've got people showing up an hour before the show just to catch up with each other. Why? Because they love each other. It's a very kumbaya thing. Plus, they get to watch us prepare for the show, a little bit of pre-show stuff. And then after the show is done, about 8 o'clock or so, then we go into VVN 2.0, Vegas Video Network After Dark. That's when we talk about things that we wanted to share with the live chat, but we simply didn't want to have on the record. Again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Hey, I'm your host, Scott Whitney. Konnichiwa. Buenas noches. How you doing, hot stuff? I'm the founder of the Vegas Video Network, so on behalf of all of our shows, thanks for playing along. And on behalf of this groovy little podcast, thanks for hanging out as well. We've also got somebody new in the live chat, Sarge14801. Welcome aboard, sir. Uh, he found us on the YouTube many, many, many years ago, according to Sarge. He is a retired police person, and he's from the great state of California. <laughs> great state. All right. I like California. I used to live there, and uh, I don't anymore. But welcome, Sarge. Let's begin the party. You know, when I moved to Las Vegas in 2005, by, by the way, pipe down, Tony. When I moved to Vegas in 2005, um, sports was not a motivator for me. As a matter of fact, I didn't know there was any sports teams here at all in any way, shape, or form until I discovered the 51s, which is the AAA team at the time for the Dodgers, and thought that was one of the greatest discoveries I'd ever found. We went many, many times. We loved it. And what I mean by we is I loved it. Melissa's not a big uh, baseball fan. But we loved going there. And this last Sunday, I was watching the Vegas Golden Knights at a sports bar, and they had a bunch of other stuff there, uniforms and signs and stuff from a bunch of other teams. And I realized, you know, I think Vegas is a sports city. And I didn't really think that in the beginning, but we've got a lot of stuff. So who do I have here? Well, this young man right here is Tony Cordasco. Now, what does Tony do? Well, he's a, uh, a radio broadcaster at CBS Sports Radio 1140. He writes for Vegas Magazine. He's the announcer for UNLV's live stream. He co-hosts Lake Las Vegas Live, 
here on the Vegas Video Network, and he's getting ready to launch, relaunch the the Dasco effect here on the Vegas Video Network as well. Tony, welcome aboard. Get the man. applause. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, man. It's great to be here in front of a live studio audience. So, uh, isn't it kind of nice, right? Uh, it's different than having Easter bunnies and people running around you like we did this weekend, right? <laughs> That's it. And one and two-year-olds. Right, yeah. right. Uh, which, yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to work our way up from high school to the pros. Okay. What I'm going to ask you to talk about is what the team is, where you find them, where, you, where they play at, for example, uh, what's good about them. Mm -hmm. And then if you were in charge of that team, what would you do to change it? Okay? Okay. So let's start in the high school. And I'm only starting in high school because we have arguably one of the best football teams in all of the, the country. Isn't that right? We sure do. Uh, Bishop Gorman High School. Uh, Bishop Gorman won the national championship in high school football in 2014, 2015, and 2016. Boom. And uh, again, look at all those state championships right there. Uh, you can see that on the screen. But uh, 17, they're just dominant. And why are they dominant? Yeah. Because why are they, dominant? they recruit. I mean, they recruit. And a lot of people, you know, are upset that they do recruit. And I mean, when Snoop Dogg's kid, you know, just winds up here, right. uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson, oh, you right? know, uh, shows up. I knew I about mean, Snoop Dogg's Just a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of athletes and uh, celebrities and artists and what have you, uh, their kids go to school here. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're getting the visibility on TV. Huge. Uh, they're getting the national exposure. Uh, they're getting to play against... High caliber teams. I yeah. mean, uh, they don't play your typical high school. Uh, the schedule is just unbelievable. It's weird, right? Because when I was in high school, I didn't play football. I was too pretty for that. Drummer. Huh. Who'd yeah. have thought? But we played teams that were basically within, I don't know, 50 miles. Of yeah, us yeah, just a bus, a, a yeah, bus, bus trip. right away. That was it. That's it was right. a bus trip. If, even that. Um, but these guys are traveling. They're like travelers. Right. They travel out of state. They've played in Hawaii. Yeah. They've played on the East Coast. They play everywhere. So I don't understand. So are they in a division? How does this work? So they do play in the high school division. Oh, well, they play. And, and a lot of people things. are. Uh, yeah, a lot of the. Well, what happens here is you have a lot of people that are salty, yeah. right? Because, <laughs> right? It's for real. Because they don't want uh, their kids to go up against this program that's on a different level. Um, and then every year they're like, they should just be like a traveling team and not participate for the state championship. Right. And then they just knock the snot out of everyone pretty much. <laughs> and they play the team from up north every year. And they're very dominant. And the north and the south, so the, the winning team from Reno, the championship team from Reno, plays the southern championship from here in Las Vegas, Henderson and thereabouts. And then every year, though, you see – just Gorman, they, they try to run up the score right. just to, to prove their dominance, you know, in that right, game. Right. And they'll score 60 and 70. Wow. And, and I think in one, one experience, 80 points. Wow. So in the live chat, Jaws wants to know, how do they determine a national high school team? How does that work? A national high school team yeah. or a champion? Well, both. I mean, how uh -huh. do they determine, A, who they play against in this traveling around like the yeah. hawaii gig yeah and so then how do they just say okay we're going to make a national team oh that's a great question so uh so first and foremost they have an athletic director they have a budget they have so a lot of the kids that go to that school their parents are boosters and now 
uh, because it's one of the old, it's the oldest Catholic school here, oh. you know, in Southern Nevada. And they used to be cross town on Maryland Parkway. Okay. And then they outgrew that campus, and then they they built on the west side of Where town. Where are they now? A gargantuan. It's uh, just right down off of uh, off of the two fifteen south. Um, you get off at like Flamingo and okay, you go south. Over there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you just keep going further south, you know, over there. Uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, they have an athletic director. They work out their scheduling. Um, they try to play home and homes if they can. They talk to ESPN all, about, all the a, time. you know, a TV schedule all the time. And so they play a national this is so uh, televised schedule because high yeah. school team is playing on ESPN two or whatever. Yeah. Is. Well, it's either, Oh, I've seen them on ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN U. I've seen them on all three of the networks and uh, some of their biggest games are on ESPN on like a Friday night. It's crazy. On, on a Friday night during football wow. season. And the massive exposure. And that's why a lot of the players get recruited to a higher level. You know, yeah. they'll get to play in Division One, And uh, a, lot of their, a lot of their athletes, student athletes, uh, get scholarship rides to, to big schools. There is a show on, I think it's Netflix or it might be Amazon, called QB1. Have you seen yeah, that show? Uh, yeah. I, well, I haven't. I haven't seen it, but I know what it's about, and I know it, it centers around Tate Martell, uh, the it quarterback did. who did. went to Ohio State. Yeah, and uh, you know, out of Bishop Gorman High yeah, School, yeah. he kind of got buried. He got some snaps when the games were out of control, out of reach, and now he transferred to the University of Miami. Right, in a okay crazy there? situation there. So he should be the number one quarterback. They have like three quarterbacks they'll have in camp, but. He wasn't, you know, if you played, they have different rules for different players, right? Okay. He has all this national exposure. Uh, Ohio State did some shady things that, that maybe he might have blown the whistle, a.k.a. like maybe, you know, paying uh, their players or some, really? who knows, uh, something unethical or whatever. The NCAA, like, got him through. They gave him wow. a waiver to be eligible immediately. And this doesn't happen. No. This does not happen, uh, you know, when you're playing collegiately. And a lot of players, like, say, UNLV, um, there's players that are there that have put in for a waiver of some sort. Uh, they might have had, you know, uh, a medical redshirt injury, something right. where they, you know, and now they want an extra year and they're, they've applied to the NC2A. And it might come down to like the week before the season starts. But Tate Martell, yeah. Tate Martell, they made that decision as soon as, just literally as quick as he transferred schools because maybe they got some info out of him. Really? Or maybe, uh, I don't know, but wow. it's like a hot potato there, you wow. know, with him. So do you think someone like that was talented before he got to Bishop Gorman or did Bishop Gorman make him more talented? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously talented. But again, with more repetitions and then yeah. playing that schedule the way you play. And a lot of those kids are playing D1 football. Yeah. And so now you have, you know, all this experience against experienced players, guys that are going to be playing in Division One. Right. And yeah, it does. It, it, your talent level just and the continues coach, to grow. His coach is now the coach of UNLV. Isn't that right? Yeah. So Tony Sanchez, right. you know, uh, was the head coach there at Bishop Gorman. Now he's at UNLV. Right. Hard to believe he's starting his fifth year at UNLV. At UNLV. Yeah. Wow. So this will be That's his fifth crazy. year. So if you were in charge of Bishop Gorman, what, mm -hmm. if anything, would you change? Uh, what's there to change? I mean, they have a beautiful facility. Yeah. The Fertitta family, who owns Station Casinos, built them an amazing stadium. Uh, all of their other athletic programs grow, you know, as a result of having yep. a dominant 
high school football team. So their uh, basketball team now has won three consecutive um, 4A championships, you know, know, state titles. So is their basketball team, I've never heard anything about them. Yeah, they're good. But is that team at the same level as their football team? In other words, uh, they play a national schedule. They yeah. do, and they've been ranked in the top 25, uh, you know, in high school basketball. Right. And they're very competitive. And again, you know, when they come back down to a, a level where they're playing just the local high schools and the talent here in Las Vegas, uh, basketball, football, has grown. Yeah, it's really developed. It's gotten it's gotten to a level to where uh, there's a new UNLV head basketball coach, yeah. T.J. Otzelberger, and he understands how important the local athlete is, and he's going to go after a lot of these kids to try to keep them at home because they all go somewhere else. Yeah, and there's a lot of superstars yeah. that come out of Las Vegas now. It is a hotbed for recruiting. It's interesting. Yeah, a lot of coaches. All the major colleges come here. And, you know, you have Bishop Gorman, right? And you also have Finley Prep School. So right. Finley Prep is on the east side. Yeah. Um, and so out in Henderson. And Finley Prep uh, is, is a school. Are they also a football? No, they no. just have basketball. Oh, okay. They're basketball-centric. But uh, P.J. Washington, who played for the last couple of seasons at Kentucky, he just declared that he's going to go pro now. And, like, they just – they have like a long line of players. Bol Bol, Manute Bol's son, oh, he's played there. at the University of oh, Oregon, and uh, wow. he came from Finley Prep. Oh, Tristan Thompson, who's in the NBA uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Their list goes on and on. I mean, that's a basketball-rich school that is like uh, for most of this season they were one and uh, one or two in the country. Really? But they don't play like a lot. They only play Bishop Gorman, I think, out of here, and they just travel around. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting that they do that. Okay, uh, real quick, uh, can anybody go to these football games? <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah, it's it, open to the public. Okay. You can pay, but they're sold out. A lot of them. Are they really? They are. You okay. know, and uh, there's long lines there. It's still affordable. I think it was a ten or fifteen dollar ticket, yeah. but okay. it's a lot of fun. That's Great cool. atmosphere. And you? Do you go to all their games? Basically, no, I don't go to all their games. I'll go to a game periodically if I want to see, you know, a big team. With uh, I remember, uh, so Josh Rosen was quarterback and get modern day and i wanted to see him while he was in high school modern day in california yeah uh, we played against those guys yeah. actually our our band uh competed against those guys they were a scary band too well they're a scary us. football program because yeah, yeah. they were one of the top teams i wanted to see this quarterback who now plays for the arizona uh, cardinals oh, yeah. you know so cool you see them before they're big time so it's nice. it, it's good though and yeah you see kids that are going to definitely be playing on the next level that's awesome okay so we did high school let's talk a little bit about college my understanding is there's basically one major play here in college unlv basketball well unlv basketball but now okay so yes unlv basketball is the foundation and uh, there we see it tj otzelberger uh, is the new head coach. He comes via South Dakota State. He was an assistant coach at Iowa State. Okay. And if UNLV is to lose him, I'm told by a reporter from their names that that would be the school that they would lose him to. Yeah. Um, that's like his dream job, to go back to Ames and become the head coach at Iowa State. But, yeah, basketball. That'd be some shady basketball's shit, Basketball's number one, yeah. <laughs> basketball. What happened with the, guy, the, the football coach for Miami? He took a job for about an hour, and then he left and went to Miami? Oh, well, no, well, we had a coach here. Is that right? But yes. Have you heard this? The, the coach for the, the U. Yeah. Uh, he's from Miami. Actually, his dad is, used to be the mayor. He took a job somewhere else. And then, and then he came back. In a yeah. week, he went to. It was really, it was, was really bad. quick too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that, that's exactly what happened there, and that happened here uh, with Chris Beard, 
who was here. I, you know, I did like the last interview with his coach, Chris Beard, and uh, I was doing the football spring game. Chris Beard shows up, and I interview him. Congratulations on the new job. Can you guys beat Duke this season? Uh, yeah, that's a really funny guy, pal. Okay, yeah. Next thing you know, he's gone. He's on the next plane out of town. Like literally, he was in Las Vegas for ten days. Tony, you should stop talking to these people. <laughs> The kiss of death. That's so tell fun. me about UNLV So it's UNLV basketball, basketball but UNLV this football. This used to be the shit. Yeah, it used to be the S-H-I-T. You can cuss. I'm trying, man. Oh, boy, I'm trying. I'm it. so used to don't not do doing it. it on the air. Don't do it. But it's not worth it. I cry I'll never go myself, back. I cry never myself go back. to sleep every night because I said shit. That's all I need. It's That's all me. I need is one play-by-play call with uh, an it's S-bomb. Right. Holy shit. Nice Holy F-bomb. So, okay. So UNLV basketball has been the foundation it's been the, the money sport for UNLV. However, over the past few years, after Chris Beard bolted, Marvin Menzies was the head coach. Uh, he was here for three years, and they fired him. Mm. Why do they fire him? Because an arena that holds 18,000 that was packed here during the 1990s, the championship run, is now running at about, I'd say, six to 7,000 fans Niche, per game. A third. Yeah, so about a third. Rough. Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's bad. And and this is a business, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a business. Yeah, yeah. And you have to pay your bills and you have to right. budget your your balance everything. your budget and yeah, yeah. everything else in between. So yeah, so there's a there's a guy that you know they got rid of uh, because they need to turn up the volume now. You know, with hoops. And they're playing a, the the name of that. that it's look. a Thomas and Max there Center. It is. Yeah, uh, you know, be right off of. Uh, Paradise, right? yeah, paradise-ish, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, right there, off of paradise. It is. So what? What changed? Because they used to be the Tartanian, whatever that guy's name with the, the Jerry Tartan, yeah, the yeah, Tartanian. Yeah, right. You screwed right. me up too. The Atal Muncher, right? Um, and Tark uh, was the, the he was the best. Did you ever talk to him? All the time. Really? So yeah. So so back in the day, that's where. So I went to UNLV, started oh, in '79. Right. I just graduated. No, just kidding. Attaboy. <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I so I went there, undergrad, 79. I started to call games. You graduated in 79 or you, went, you, you started I in I started there okay. in 79. Okay. I transferred from a school in New Jersey. And so, and then, so Coach Tarkanian was someone that I, I just, I thought was an incredible coach. Right. And I really liked what he did. And I watched him on TV. We only got him, say, in 77 when we were a Final Four team here. I, I got a chance to watch him back in New Jersey a few times. Um, I, I saw some other games on TV, and I was like, I really like this style of play. You know, as a kid, I was just like, my eyes were wide open. I couldn't play. I wasn't an athlete, but I knew I wanted to get into play-by-play. And I said, I want to be able to call those games. Is oh. that crazy? No, it's cool. Yeah. and that's, so, the way, that's the way that shit happens. Yeah. You just decide, I'm going to do that. And so, yeah, so I've been blessed where I've been able to call basketball, been able to call football. Awesome. I was here during the national championship run. And in fact, I was able to, uh, so every game I did, uh, I had a couple of other co-hosts, but I was the anchor host of like a Rebel Talk show in oh. the heyday okay. before the game. Yeah. Uh, I did pregame show. Halftime post game on radio, um, next uh, sitting next to Chick Hearn. Wow! Uh, Holy sitting, shit! Sitting next to you work with Chick. Hearn. Sitting next to Ross Porter. Come on! They threw me on Chick the air. Chick Hearn. Yeah. Come on! Unbelievable. That guy is like I just the got chills. Scully of of I, basketball. I just I just got chills and yeah, yeah. I learned so much from watching those guys Come work. On. That's fantastic. I mean, those are two of the That's, uh, the biggest voices I think in, in Southern California. Which, 
Southern sure. California That's basketball. Crazy. Chick Hearn, legendary basketball crazy. Call, uh, broadcaster. Yeah, so crazy. so yeah, so I would sit next to them, and then I would work my way into doing uh, some games on Channel Nine right. in LA. Right. And uh, there's, I, can I tell some, a funny story? Sure, of course. Well, I think it's funny. Yeah, we'll I'll, we'll we'll decide. Okay. Well, it's funny to me, but okay. so uh, so post game show. Uh, well, so Chick Hearn. He was just amazing to me because he's the quickest study I've ever encountered in my life. So he didn't know much about UNLV basketball and their opponent. And he had this routine. So he'd fly in from Southern Cal. He'd leave. He'd get in here, arrive around, say, 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Right. Limo would pick him up. He'd go downtown to the Four Queens for dinner. Oh, nice. Okay. And then they'd What's take him. restaurant? Hugo's, is it? That's it, Hugo's. Yeah, the that's basement, it. the cellar, right? That's right. You so get a rose to, if you're a woman. That's right. To this You've day, never still? Had a rose. Yeah. Still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Chick, you know, had this routine, come out, and then he'd uh, s- sit down with the sports information directors. Who's this guy? Tell me something about him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Take notes. Yeah, real fast, just quick. Everything was quick. So the Lakers had a road game coming up the next day after this one particular game. And so you know what's going to happen here. Chick is like, I've got to catch a flight. Right. So the the Rebel game went late. Yeah. And Chick said, I'm out of here. They said, the game's over. That's it. We'll be back with the post-game show after this. And all of a sudden, I see Chick walking away. And I'm just Chick? like, come back, Chick. Chick? Like, yeah, right? Chick, 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 Chick. He's like, got to go, got to go. And he just bolts. Right. And we still have a post-game show to do. Boom. On KCAL 9, on KCAL 9. So I'm doing the radio, and it's the funniest thing because I wasn't wearing a sports coat that night. Mm -hmm. I had a shirt and tie on, but I didn't bring a sports coat. Nice. Dick Manoogian is the producer of the UNLV broadcast. Right. And Manoogian at the time weighed twice as much as me, and I was really slender too. So he's you got to go like go what what are we going to do like literally like this is during a commercial break right it's like okay you you have to go on the air uh okay and he pushes me like towards the seat sit down he go oh wait give, he takes his coat off right sports coat yep. i could wrap it around me twice <laughs> and then dick says uh and then dick says i go well what do you want me to do he goes just listen you know to the truck just listen to the truck so I'm like, okay, all right, Meaning you're going on a ten. In your ear yeah, talking of to course, you. yeah, the director in my ear. <laughs> you're on a ten and nine. I'm just like looking. I'm a, a deer in the headlights. He goes, uh, okay. When we come back, we've got some highlights. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, come back. Welcome back to the post game show. Ba 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 ba. Oh, here's some highlights here. Oh, it was just so spontaneous right. because it was live. But I'm like, how'd it go? They said it went well. Way I thought it, I felt very good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, pretty Sometimes much. Sometimes it helps not to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't prepare for this show. But be didn't careful help. with it that. Okay. Help. <laughs> I was like, I carried away with that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. But that was crazy, though, because that's how spontaneous it was. And, <laughs> but it was just uh, a different, uh, like, it was a, just a different time. And everything was so could someone just like, renegade and fun, you know. Could the Tark take this team today? I know he's dead. But if he wasn't dead. Could he coach this team to be as good as the teams he had? No, because it took a certain type of athlete that he had to re- recruit. I'm so sure he could be competitive. So part of, of the coach's responsibility is recruiting. Absolutely. And picking the right recruits who, yeah. will, who will fit within the mold or the fit within the, the, the plan of that team, basically. Yeah, and, and, and Tark had a player, Stacey Ogman, 
uh, who went on to play in the NBA, and now he's coaching, I think, overseas. He was a former UNLV basketball assistant. And so uh, Coach Tarkanian had uh, some good players. So Stacy Ogman was uh, from L.A., Pasadena, actually. And the assistant coaches were like, Coach, we want you to come in and close the deal. We really like this kid. We really like this kid. Right. Coach goes down there, pack gym. Everyone idolizes Coach Tark. Wow, Tark's in the gym. This is pre, Tark's you know, social. Gym. You know, this is pre social right, media, right. and there's just craziness and pandemonium, and people show up because Tark is there, whatever. And it's like Tark's. I, I don't like this kid. I don't oh, like wow. him. And the coaches Not actually battled him oh, wow. for that last scholarship. And Stacy Og- Stacy Ogman went on to become an All American. He played four years at UNLV. He was on the national championship team. He played in the NBA. (laughs) And Tark just was like, ah, I don't really like this guy. But he had a good assistant coaching staff, and they they actually helped him to guide him along. Mm. As far as uh, they got in some, oh, man, they used to get in the craziest arguments, just yelling. Mm. I walked into the coach's office, and they would be yelling at each other and screaming. Right. But then they would all get along and they love each other. It's crazy though because that's what, that's what what made it magical, I guess. You know. Right. So uh, for today though, if I want to watch college basketball, am I going to be really unhappy <laughs> going to a game right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you went last season, yeah, you would be because the team wasn't good. Uh, they weren't exciting. They were competitive at times. Uh, they had a string where they lost 17 uh, games by 17 points, four games in a row. Jeez. By exactly 17 points. Like you couldn't even and that's fix a lot. games like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were up and down and uh, just the style of play. And a lot of the fans were unhappy and fans were protesting. It wouldn't come out. You right. know, we don't like this coach. So fans in our city tend to stay away. Yeah. What's it cost to go to a game? Oh, it's still not very inexpensive. And, for upstairs, you can still get like five dollar, ten dollar tickets. Oh no, kidding! Specials, wow. you know that they have. Uh, you can get student tickets. I think are five bucks. But if I want to actually think, see the players, and I think, uh, you know, you could sit oh, downstairs in the lower bowl. Yeah, that seats about ten thousand of the eighteen thousand fans, and uh, and you know. The ticket prices actually went up this season with a oh, new coach. Good idea. So a lot of those seats are scholarship seats, though. Uh, so okay. two thousand plus. You know, I know a lot of people that are so here's spending, the good but, news. But it used to used to cost a lot more though back yeah. in the day. Here's the good news: you've just become the whatever they call it, sports director or whatever they call those people in college. GM, I want to call it athletic director. There you go. That's what I meant. You're the athletic director of UNLV uh, basketball, or all of UNLV, I guess. What are you going to do to make it better? Well, first of all, you, the basketball coach has to do more than coach. So the basketball coach has to be on campus. The students have to know who he is. Right. A lot of folks didn't know who Marvin Menzies was. T.J. Otzelberger needs to get out in the community. Is he going to do he that? He needs you think? to work it. He needs to shake hands, kiss babies. babies right. He needs to go to the Kiwanis Club. Yep. He needs to go mm-hmm. out and just work it yeah. from there. He needs to go to a Golden Knights game and ring this, uh, ring right, the siren, right, 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 right. or would it crank the siren? Has um, he? Have, have you talked to him? I have not. No, he needs to go to the Aviators game and throw out the first pitch. He needs to get out there. He needs to go to fundraisers. And he's not done any of that so far. So far, what he's done is because he came in a little bit late and there's a short window for recruiting, right? Yeah. That's called an open period to recruit. All right. So most of his focus has been on recruiting. Right. However, some of the folks at UNLV have told me that they have a long list of things for him to do. Okay. All right. So uh, UNLV basketball, we're hopeful. We're hopeful. Okay. UNLV football's also there. They're on the radar. Are they? I thought they were a complete nightmare. 
Well, they haven't won. They haven't gone to. They've gone to one bowl game in the last twenty years. How many games did they win last year? They were four and eight. Eh. Okay, that's pretty crappy. It's really bad. How about the year before that? Worse. Okay, they won five games. Oh, did they? Before. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not correct. So, but, come on, Tony. No, but oh, here's but here's where here's the silver lining. That's a that's the Bishop Gordon guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what here's the silver lining, Gorman. Scott. Here's what happened. So, for this program to succeed. It's been a lot. You can't recruit kids without facilities and a lot of other things, right? Oh, facilities. So they built the Fertitta Football Complex, which is massive. Yeah. It's opening up in the fall, and that's where they're going to have new weight training facilities because they've been sharing the lead building yeah. with like several other sports. Yeah. And so you have football players, and we for the first go. time ever, for the first time ever. What's really important, they have a training table in there wow. where the student-athletes could have their diets and they can eat you know, the right way right. and do things like that. Right. Um, yeah, it's very specialized. And when you see recruits now, they come on campus, they see this massive building. It's massive. It helps. Uh, it really does help. Okay. It really does help. Plus, plus in 2020, so this will be the final season of playing at Sam Boyd Stadium, they move into the new Raiders Stadium. The Las Vegas right, Stadium. Right, right, right. So right. if you're a recruit, you're loving that. You're like, okay, we have this brand new facility. I'm going to get all the attention I need, right, to try to make it to the next level. Then we're going to play in an NFL pro stadium. You got to be kidding me. Um, uh, another question from the live chat for Tony. Uh, Jags wants to know Hey, Tony, with a new stadium being built, do you think UNLV will move to a Power Five conference? Yeah, I'm very hopeful that they will. They have to, you know, and uh, that's their direction, and that's what they're trying to do. The athletic director is uh, Desiree Reed Francois, and uh, she comes from. She was at UCLA. She was at uh, Virginia Tech. She was at Cincinnati. She's been around Power Five conferences. They know that they have to do that because let's face it, the Mountain West Conference is not going to grow the way you want this program, the football program to grow, the way you want the basketball program to grow. You just can't do it. And again, for TV visibility, um, they don't have very good uh, you right. know, networks. They have AT&T Network, no knock, right. but we'll get that. And that's like regional. Right. They don't get any national exposure. And UNLV, and that's another knock you know, against the former regime at UNLV, they wouldn't play any of the any other powerhouse teams. Mm. They played Duke here. They got their butts kicked. Right. And then after that, they were like, oh, yeah, let's just play like just, you know, a manageable schedule that, that we feel we could win. Right. But, yeah, they have to be in a Power Five conference. Right. Uh, that's where they need to be uh, to make money, to make the TV money. Right. And to obviously, uh, that's when you recruit better players, and too. Jag says uh, in the live chat, hopefully Pac-12 at some point. Let's go semi-pro. Oh, yeah, 13. Uh, semi-pro, what was once the 51s? So you're calling them semi-pro. Well, they're minor league. Okay. They yeah. are minor league, but they're still professional. That's, you're, you're, you know what? I stand corrected. <laughs> they are professionals. How much do they make? They don't make uh, shit. They're semi-pro. Yeah, I can't say But that you're right. right. They're minor league. I, I stand corrected. Minor league. They used to be the 51s, the alien 51s, very clever. They are now the aviators. Um, I actually was there this weekend. I want to share a little video with you guys, and as we're watching the video, I'll talk a little bit about what we saw. And Tony, if you see stuff that you want to talk about, I was just there last night again. Were you? Yeah. Okay, here we are. So here's me. Uh, hold on, that's not me. That's not you. That's not me. That's me walking into the backside. There's two sides to walk into this place, and look at this. They have a pool. 
<laughs> hey, How there's cool Melissa. That, right? Now, the pool, we, we were like, hey, can anybody go swimming? No. You have to run out the entire you pool have to rent as it a out. party. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a drag. But yeah, what do you expect? But pretty cool to have a pool over at the left center. Hey, that's Melissa. And they have a very nice little bar, big bar, hanging out there called, called the, the Hanger. Hanger. Yeah. Clever. Um, a couple of specialty drinks. Now, you know, the one thing that was great about Cashman Field, which I always really liked. I never understood why people didn't like it. I guess the teams didn't like it. Um, was that... Um, the drinks there were super cheap, and the tickets mm-hmm. there, the most expensive ticket at Cashman Field, $14. Um, that's not the case here. So we go up this ramp um, from where the bar is, and you can see as we go up this ramp, and by the way, the reason why they're a little quick run is because I sped this video up just a hair. I didn't think you needed to see a 13-minute walking tour. <laughs> um, but if you look, there's a grassy knoll, and it's a much nicer grassy knoll than the ones over in, in the uh, Dallas. But I, I think, I'm not sure if you can rent the grassy knoll, but there's a whole shitload of people hanging out there. Beautiful view down the right field line. How about that, huh? Nice view of the uh, deal. And what you're going to see here, by the way, you can start to see that the the whole vibe of the the stadium is very different than <laughs> the Cashman Field. Uh, it doesn't have a minor league feel to it at all. Now we've got ping pong tables and we've got foosball. Uh, which I think is kind of cool. And by the way, this this area here, we're going to come back later at night, constantly crowded. They're clearly designing this place to be just a place to hang out, where I would argue 20% of the people in that place didn't watch the game at all. <laughs> they were just chilling and digging it, and this is kind of fun and groovy. Lots of places to eat, lots of bars. They have the regular hot dogs, hamburger stuff, but they had special fancy hot dogs and special happy uh, barbecue stuff. And on their pretzels were in the shape of the letter A. As you can see here, huge video sign out there. I would argue that the graphics that they use for the balls and strikes could be a little bit better. It had kind of a ransom notey vibe to it. Hard to read it sometimes. But as you can see, they have done a really nice job of putting this thing together. And they put it together fast. Mm -hmm. I uh, was shocked how quickly these guys actually went from, you know, shovel in the ground to... You know, welcome your aviators. It was very, very impressive. Here we're walking more on the the main level, and there really is only a single main level. I'll show you some other options, but mainly this is it. We're basically coming across uh, behind home plate here. They have a huge bar behind home plate, and that's what you're looking at there. And by the way, uh, th- you know there are bars. I don't know. You can't throw a swing a cat and not hit a bar there. Uh, so apparently there's some drink in there. This is the main entrance, basically behind home plate. Uh, you're going to get wanded here. You're going to go through a metal detector. That was a big delay for us getting in there. They actually didn't let it. We got there about 6, and they wouldn't let people in until eh, it was about 6.30 or so. Um, and But they were not letting us in to the back entrance. It wasn't the front entrance, so I couldn't quite figure that out. They also have a place, of course, where if you are the kind of person who needs some logo wear, well, we can get you some logo wear. And there it is right there. Plenty of stuff to buy. By the way, these guys are the uh, AAA team for the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. So that's why you saw a little Oakland A st- stuff there. Uh, the line to buy new swag was out the door, basically. So we bought... No, Hey, look at that. There's Melissa. We uh, didn't buy anything, but we'll probably end up supporting the team and getting a hat or a shirt or something along those lines. Um, but I have no patience for long lines like that, so I was uh, no bueno 
uh, when it comes to that. But as we went out of there, we continue on. Really cool way they've set up the, the outfield. And I've never seen this before. First of all, they got some nice little chairs and, and, and uh, I don't know, a desky kind of thing. I don't think these are reservable. They had the same kind of things over behind the plate, and those were ticketed seats, uh, which, by the way, we went and, and I think we spent $65 a ticket for those. We were behind the uh, $65 a ticket. Yeah, I'm wow. not super happy with that. Um, and then here, this is really weird. So this is the this is where we're out outfield. You can see that their branding for for advertisers is significantly different. But look at this. This is crazy. This is the outfield seating. Boom. That's it. Two rows, and that's it. It's way different than what you would normally expect uh, in a baseball field. Um, I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I just thought, huh. It's kind of interesting. Kind of weird. Yeah. Here's the first pitch. It says it right there. Yeah. You saw somebody for the other team throwing 99-mile-an-hour fastballs. Jeez. Can you believe that? That's insane. And then we also decided to take a look at night. So this is the outfield looking back towards the diamond here. It's gorgeous. I don't know. what. Do you know what this thing cost? Uh, I saw. I just saw it, too, and I can't remember. Sorry. And then here's that place I was showing it. It's kind of just a hangout. And now it's at night. People are chilling out, looking at their. Does phones, that look like it's worth 150 million? Could that be it? Yeah, maybe. I think it's 150. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And uh, and you can see you can you got a, a really cool. If I fast forward this just a little bit, a nice line of sight right down the uh, right field line. I mean, it's it's pretty slick. And I hope these, this couple here doesn't mind that I basically snuggled up against them. But they did a nice job. So, aviators. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what's your take on what's going on there? So, I went last night again, and I, I think that it's one of the most beautiful minor league parks. Mm. It's not a minor league park. It's basically a major league ballpark. It really It's like a mini one. It's just awesome. It's I, I just it's, it's a great feel in there. It's very, it's very, very nice. So, this homestand, they've sold out every game. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue against that. I don't believe that's true because when we were there, I was in row H and I would say half that row is empty. Now that could have been sold ticket holders. Sold didn't to, show up. Absolutely. And that's what it probably is. A lot of corporations yeah. have blocks, yeah. you know, blocks of tickets. So yeah, I think that's, there was about 9,600 last night. Really? Yeah. On a, on a school night, and on a, to, on a Monday night. And to give some context there, uh, when we used to go watch the 51s, 5,000. That was the normal if number. That, yeah, yeah. That, on, a, on, like, on a Monday night? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, 2,500 2500 yeah, yeah, on a Monday yeah. night. I mean, yeah. on a weekend. Yeah. On a weekend night, you know, you're hanging out. You'd be, you know, 4,500. If it's fireworks night, be a little higher. Yeah. If it's Thursday and it was $1 beer, it was a shit show. Um, and there was like five or 6,000 people for $1 beer. Yeah. But 9,000. The, the craziest thing, so I get out there and I, I'm walking in to the press section um, from outside the stadium, which is the VIP entrance, people are scalping tickets. Were I they? never thought I would see the day for AAA baseball scalping tickets. Huh. And people were going hard. I mean, they were trying to get tickets and do you really? have any extras? And I had no problem oh, getting a ticket. It was insane out no in front. It was interesting. So I, I went. So, first of all, we didn't do season tickets at all, we didn't do any of that nonsense. 
we, uh, I went, you know, I, I want to go and see this because of this show. I wanted to see it for one thing. And, and so I went on to Craigslist. That's my first go-to place for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was probably a half a dozen, no, it's probably one, probably a dozen people selling tickets. And I always go with the individuals. So I, I reached out to an individual and I said, yeah, I want a tickets for a Saturday. And he basically came back and he was a, a season ticket holder and said, I, you know, I've sold Friday, I've sold Saturday, how about Monday? I'm like, oh, I don't need Monday, I need, I need Saturday. But I could tell what his deal was. His deal basically was, he bought season tickets and he's gonna sell these things off, which I think is kinda crappy. Mm -hmm. Don't oh, you? Yeah. Well, I thought about doing it myself. Really? How much were season tickets for a whole season? And they couldn't have been too steep, right? Could they? I don't know. Mm. But I think you would get a lot of your money back now. There's so much hype. Everyone yeah. wants to see the stadium. There is now. Yeah. There is now. It's but changed. And you know what else, too? Yeah. I noticed it's a different crowd entirely than you had uh, than you had at Cashman Field. It's entirely a different crowd. Oh, well, without, so that's a great point. So Cashman Field was in downtown Las Vegas, right. basically just north of 95 <clears throat> on the east side. And again, I, I really like that property personally, but it was on the east side. You know, it was right by a bunch of homeless stuff. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of jokes about it may not be the safest place to hang out with mm -hmm. the family. Uh, this is in the heart of Summerlin. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different crowd. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot more families, right? Without question. Younger crowd, I think, too. Yep, yep. And, and, and again, they're catering to families who don't really want to watch. I mean, they have ping pong tables and foosball tables. That's not because you're a baseball-centric crowd. It's because you just want to hang out. Interesting thing in the live chat, uh, Binky's like, did Scott say $65? We pay that for <laughs> handicapped Cubs tickets. And I think that's, that's the thing. I think the challenge that they're going to face is that's steep. And the only way this works, in my opinion, is that if they continue to play well. Like right now, they're playing well. Over their heads. Crazy. Yeah, yeah way, way. Uh, and, uh, but it's like the Vegas Golden Knights. I didn't think that they would be great. No one knew, and we'll talk about them in a minute, that they would be as good. Shit, it's already 47 minutes in. We got to rush this thing through here. God dang it. Um, I'm not good on time, am I? No. No. But, God dang it. Um, uh, so as long as they play well, they'll be fine. So last night, though, real quick, yeah. on the Aviators. God damn it. Seth, <laughs> Seth Brown hit the first home run into the pool. Oh, did he? Yeah, so oh, he, he had three homers last night. Wow, geez. He had three, and he was at bat for his fourth home run, and the ball carried out to the, the warning track right there in left field in the corner, and the guy made the catch of the warning track. There's but a kid who we saw three uh, home runs Sunday last night. who has the greatest sports name ever, baseball name. Oh, jeez. Is he on our team? He's on, yes, he's on the Aviators. Who, you know what I'm talking about? I do, because I tweeted it out, name. but I forgot about it's it. the greatest He didn't ever. play last night, so I forgot all about it. Yeah, he him. did pretty well uh, on or Saturday yeah. All right, so um, great. We got to rush through here, but we, it was a great stadium. Um, I think the pricing is probably a little aggressive. They're mm -hmm. they're basically doing Summerlin pricing. Um, as long as the team gets, keeps winning, I think they'll be fine. But I think what's going to happen is the people who bought the season tickets who are trying to to sell them like they're doing. I think I, I don't know what they paid, but I think that could be problematic moving forward. All right, let's go pro and let's go this quickly. First, we have soccer. Who do we got for soccer? USL, and we've got a team that is uh, currently playing at Cashman Field, and that's the Las Vegas Lights, and they play 
in the United Soccer League, and they just won uh, five to nothing on Saturday night. Yay. Yeah, so it was a pretty big game for them. Um, Eric Winalda is the coach. Uh, Winalda came from, uh, he played on the USA soccer team. He's got great credentials, a super guy too. Yeah, and you talked set, to him? Yeah, I talked to him. I had him on my radio show, and he I had him on my radio show the weekend, okay, a couple of days earlier, his house burned down to the ground in Southern California, oh, okay. in L.A., in the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was basically homeless, his right. entire family. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so he did TV for Fox Sports, and he's uh, got a great background, and they're able to win. They've won a couple of games at home. They can't win on the road right now. They finally got out of a scoring drought, and they're finally scoring some goals. But uh, And that, I'll tell you what. They've done an excellent job in marketing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So they've they've gone out. You see their advertisements on you know at the Vegas Golden Knight games. Yeah. And they're running around. They've done cross promotions with different franchises, yeah, yeah. and they seem to be pretty aggressive in that world. Yeah. And I think that's helping them. I mean, I understand. I haven't been to a game yet. I hear they're pretty fun though. They're so much fun. Yeah. Why? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because you have people. Okay, what it used to be the first base side when the the former 51s play there on that side you have you can come into the literally you could come into the stadium they want you to bring smoke bombs <laughs> drums smoke bombs. flags <laughs> it is unbelievable it is but that's on the first baseline if you're going to take if you're going to take the kids oh yeah okay that seems they very score a goal and people are just sorry. going ballistic okay <laughs> And then on the third base side, you could bring the family and hang out there. Oh, you know where I hung oh, out. Raiders like. Yeah, no. That's very. That's very. I, I hung out in the in the black hole, the equivalent What's of the that? black hole. That's oh, what the Raiders, the Raiders oh, right, yeah, okay. fan base. So, uh, what's it, do you do you remember what it costs to go to a game? Oh yeah, it's very inexpensive. You could probably go for ten or fifteen bucks. Awesome. And how many games do they play a year? Uh, they play a big schedule. Uh, was it thirty-two teams? It, it goes. It actually starts. When does it end? It actually started already okay. in March, and it goes up until September. Mm. And it was crazy because last year it was the first season that they were here. Jeez, soccer and, in July. That's and be fun. Brett Lashbrook is the owner of the team, and P.T. Barnum's got nothing on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he does some crazy stunts, and he's really a fun guy, As super guy. Yeah, but they it's had to a share the f- baseball. Vibe. They had to. They had to share the field with a major, with a AAA baseball team. In the past. Right. So what they had to do was they had to change the sod. They had to roll in and bring oh, yeah, in. Yeah, right, 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 it right. cost them so much money. Yeah, 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 I get that. But now they have that uh, that stadium to their own, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. They, they, but they'll get nine, ten thousand 10,000 fans. Oh, will they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no kidding. Their opener here had 9,000. Huh. Uh, they're going to average. if the it, We've had really bad weather for their games, but they could average, literally, they can average – Seven, eight thousand again. Really? No kidding. Yeah. All right. And uh, they go after the Latino market really strong. Yeah. They know their demographics and they just nail it. They do. Good. They Good nail for it. them. Yeah. Uh, WNBA. Oh man, I really like the uh, the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, they play at Manly Bay Event Center, and they're just fun. So I went to my first live WNBA game last summer, and I got a press credential after I went to my first game because. I was just, I have to cover this. Yeah. Uh, the accessibility, right? You always want to be able to talk to the athletes. Yep. Um, the players are available right before the game at courtside. 
So if you want to do an interview, if you want to do a live shot on TV. Before the game? Right before the game. (laughs) So we would do like Facebook live hits and yeah, yeah, it's so much fun. And uh, the one thing, so Asia Wilson was a WNBA Rookie of the Year last year. And I had her on my radio show last Saturday. And I just told her, you know, what really uh, hooked me was just the fact that they play so hard. It's entertaining. MGM Resorts is behind it. Their halftime shows Ka, Mystere. At the WNBA one. Yes. That's the same as uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, yes, it's big time entertainment. Okay. Big time entertainment at halftime. And it's just a great atmosphere. uh, How many people can Uh, be seated there? I think around 12,000. How many people are showing up? uh, You know, it was it was a slow process. I That's think gotta be a hard it kind of it was a hard sell at the beginning. Yeah, it started to pick up towards the end of the season. Yeah, they made a, ran, a run towards the playoffs. They didn't quite get there, but there were games where they had like you know eight to ten, probably thousand, yeah. but they were probably averaging around uh, four to five. Okay, to be honest, but I mean, and they got the number one draft pick again. Three consecutive years. This is rigged. Huh. This is so. Jackie Young from Notre Dame. This guy. This has to be rigged. This has to be rigged. You have Kelsey Plum, who came from the University of Washington two years ago, and then you had Asia Wilson over there. Okay, Asia no, I'm Wilson. Just it's rigged. It's you, rigged. You can look yeah, over here, but I'm looking wherever. And then Asia Wilson. You know, last year Rookie of the Year, and now we have Jackie Young from Notre Dame, who just comes off of the Final Four appearance, and they they're a guard heavy team. And they're going. Bill Lambeer's the head coach. Oh, that's right. The former bad boy. Right. Absolutely. Rumor has it the reason why it's owned by MGM. It's owned by MGM. The reason they bought it is because they want to bring uh, a full-time NBA team here. Absolutely. That's the plan. And that was their. But there was their ticket in. We would like to be your friend. Yes. Yes. We'll exactly. Your that's the peace offering. We'll, be, yeah. we'll take because the team was struggling really bad in right. San Antonio was broke. Ah. And so they said, "We'll buy the team. We'll move it to Vegas." And the WNBA All-Star Game is here this summer. Okay. And tickets just went on sale. Uh, they went on sale today. They went on sale today. Uh, so that'll be in July. It's going to be packed there. I mean, they fill arenas for the WNBA All-Star uh, Game. Last year was in Minnesota. It, was, it sold out. They had to have 18,000, probably 18,000 fans right. there. Okay. So, so um, uh, a little team that you may have heard of, uh, Raiders. Real quick. So excited. I'm so you, excited. You're a big fan of the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not a Raiders fan per se, but I went out to the stadium a few weeks ago, and it's just spectacular. And they're starting to put these overhangs up. It's not on that photo, but on the west side of the stadium right now, uh, they put these uh, – these, they're overhangs, essentially. And this is a big milestone for the stadium because – Uh, They're going to put them up around the stadium, and then the roof goes on next. The roof will go on the stadium, and because it gets so hot here during the summer, they're going to be able to work. All the construction workers could do all the infrastructure, everything else they have to do under the roof, under the roof. So they really planned this out well. They're on schedule. Oh, wait a second. They're about three days off, I think they were. They'll make it up. So – I have spent a lot of time talking about the stadium. We're not going to do that today because we haven't got time. I'm not going to talk about the financing, which I think is bullshit. Um, but I do want you to tell me what you think about uh, the chances of that team doing well mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And how do you think, um, where do you think the majority of people who will go to those games come from? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, huge fan base in Southern California. Yep. So, uh, of course, uh, you know, the Raiders played in L.A. They played in Oakland. Yep. Uh, we're going to get people that commute in on the day of the games. Yep. The folks that sell tickets for the Raiders have been telling me that they're exceeding expectations for locals. So locals are buying tickets at a much higher pace. Initially, I think the numbers they threw out were 25% would be locals. Really? Yeah. And I think it's going to be really? much higher. I think it'll be much higher. That seems low. If for no other reason, we're really, we're really shifty here, and we're going we're gonna to buy the tickets and sell them. <laughs> but doesn't that seem low, 25%? It, it seemed very low, and I was like, no, you don't understand Vegas. These fans so are weird. crazy here. Okay. Uh, I know we're giving this short shift, but we got to talk really quickly about, of course, your Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they look pretty good. What about this team? What about this team? Well, I, I went to the first game after at the trading deadline. They picked up Mark Stone. And Mark this Stone play. has been. Holy shit. So I went to the first game against St. Louis. Wow. And I had gone there to a couple of games earlier in the season. And I'm telling you, they just didn't have it this year. Everyone oh. kind of caught up to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I they think recognized everyone what could, they were doing. They knew what they were they were, doing. It wasn't a surprise anymore. They're, absolutely. They caught no one by surprise. Right, exactly. Uh, they didn't have the same magic. They were getting the shit every out single, of them in the beginning. Yeah. Every single move that they made a season ago when they made it to the Stanley Cup final was the right move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this year, at the start of the season, they weren't clicking. I don't know what was going on. So at the trading deadline, they saw a need. You know, for somebody who was experienced, a playmaker, can score, has that leadership role, and Mark Stone just fits the bill. Crazy. And I'll tell you, it was so different on just the first night. Uh, like, with his presence on the ice, he was taking two guys with him all the time. Yeah. And I was like, there's a change in this team. Yeah. Like, nobody's business. And he didn't even know. They had to push him to one on faceoffs. He didn't know where to line up. Mm. He didn't even know, like, the plays and everything else. Right. But once by the way, there are he plays in, in hockey. Yeah, there are plays in hockey. Who knew? True. And yeah. I but didn't once know. he fit in, now he comes off of the hat trick, hat you know, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in game three and uh, headed into game four tonight. They are uh favored to win now. The whole thing. Something uh Well, some... because Tampa was favored and they just got knocked out. They had the best record in the league, and Tampa was favored to win. And uh, so Tampa, so I, at the last odds I saw a couple of days ago, Washington five to one, mm-hmm. Golden Knights six to one. It'd be nice to see a rematch again. I saw, yeah, I saw a uh, a really cool graph. It was a circular graph, concentric circle graph, that showed all sixteen teams. Uh huh. And then the chances of, and each circle, each outer circle was who would win that thing. And it got closer and closer. And they have Vegas winning the whole way through. Yeah. It was like sports puck or I, I don't know what it was, but it was the coolest graph I've ever seen. And I was shocked because <laughs> all season they have not been very good. No, <laughs> they had a good run had as had soon a, as they picked stone up, but they won, uh, they won nine out of 10. Other is, so they had Max Pacioretty. That who they guy's picked a player up. too. So you have uh, the, that Reeves, line. Reeves is just a, an assassin. He's the best. <laughs> He's one of the nicest guys. You know, I did a story on him for uh, Vegas Magazine a few weeks ago, and we did the photo shoot at his house. Yeah. And he's just a super fun-loving guy who will just 
beat your beat butt you in. to death. Yeah, he'll bludgeon you. He'll <laughs> bludgeon you. He just said, and I he's don't like to lose. beer now. Yeah, he's selling beer. <laughs> That's what it is. No, he's he's uh, he's pretty serious about selling okay, beer. Okay, so we're we're a little over time, but we're going to keep going here. Okay, uh, just round it all out for me. Give me your your fifty thousand foot view of the sports world in Las Vegas. Well, the next move is going to be the NBA. Okay, and I am just told on a constant basis that they're close. It could be within the next couple of years. Yeah, it could be that soon. Are they going to take another team or create a new team? Well, that's the thing. Do they want to take another team? Uh, the Key Arena up in Seattle. It would only make sense if they had expansion teams in Vegas and in Seattle. But of course, Vegas likes to cheat, and uh, <laughs> we'd like to have a team that's already. You know, we might have to go steal the Warriors now from Oakland too. Oh, wouldn't that be well good? from San Francisco? That'd be a good team. Yeah, they'll I'll be in San Francisco. I hear they're going to be all right. Yeah, they'll be okay. Yeah, but yeah, right. but I think you know. So NBA is next. But hey, look at us. I mean, uh, 2020, we have uh, the NFL draft. <laughs> the NFL draft will be here in a year. Oh, that's going to be neat. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And right? you think eventually the Super Bowl will be here, right? Uh, 2025 is what they're projecting. That's what they're pitching, and that would be that just will massive. Be crazy. It will be the first crazy. billion dollar event in the city of Las Vegas. It'd be crazy. The first one billion dollar event. People don't realize that we do more money during Super Bowl than any other Super Bowl city. It's already sold Nobody out. Nobody knows that. Right. They're like, oh yeah, Super Bowl's in Atlanta. That's huge. I'm like, we're like, <laughs> we call that a Tuesday. Right. We do this all the time. Yeah. People come here to for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the gonna Super be. The Super Bowl here is gonna be fucking crazy should we start i guess uh crazy we have to start projecting and start getting hotel rooms for 25 because <laughs> we're shysters we're here. call the mgm yeah, yeah. I, I like to get a 2025 uh can i get a block of uh could i uh, rent out the wind yeah i saw your show no all right, no. All right. tony thank you so much for your insight brother thank you man Again, check great. him out he's on the cbs radio he's he's writing articles for basically anybody who's important and uh, oh, we do have to say real quick. I do want to. I don't want to forget this. Uh, the Dasco effect. Yeah. You're when bring, are we starting you're it? You're bringing. Uh, well, the uh, allegedly, you got the contract, <laughs> which means nothing. It means no. It literally means it's sometime nothing. in May, right? Yeah. The first, yeah. Or second, second, second week, Tuesday. Second of May. Tuesday in May. Five o'clock. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, you'll be promoting it on here. I like right? it. I like the show. I am. I'm happy and proud to bring it to uh, the Vegas Video Network. We're gonna it's do so good much work fun, isn't it? We're going to do good work. We're going to expand it. We're yeah. Kick its ass. We have a personal injury attorney, Eric Marshall. Yep. Who's going to now be on the show with myself and Andy Gill? It's fantastic. Andy Gill was on your show. Andy was on my show. Did he talk as much as me? No. 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 Yeah. Oh no. No. Hard to say. Uh, thank you, bud. Thank you, bud. Let's have a drink. Thank you, Chorus. All right, it's time for Have a Drink on Me. It's part of the show where I show you a picture of a bar or a speakeasy or a lounge, but never a club because I'm too old to go to those. And then you guess it. Um, and by the way, we're running a little bit late. Why? Because Tony... Uh, talked a lot. Damn it, Tony. But hey, let's say that you want to submit a guest to our Have a Drink on Me thing. How do you do that? Well, you send an email to drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. Again, have a drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. You're like, all right, Scott, I need to know some of the rules. How does stuff work? Well, you know what? I'm going to have Pops tell you how it works. Hey, kids. Pops here. Five-time pattern winner. I know what you're thinking. Pops, you old fuck. How's it going, old guy? 
eight-time winner. Did you know there's bonus entries available? And if you send in your initial qualifying entry email with the correct kind of answer to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com, you can get bonus entries for being in the live chat during Ooh, the drawing. That's one. Or by sending in a video for the that's two. contest. Or by doing a video intro for the show. That's three. Or being quick on the draw and being the first person with a qualifying four. entry email in to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. But don't worry. If you're quick on the draw, if you jump the shark, awesome. if you're wrong when you send in your first answer, you can send in a corrected email. It'll still get entered as long as it comes in in time, and we'll just tease you over being wrong the first time. If you win, you're not qualified to win a following week. No back-to-back wins. No greedy bastards. Like pop in and say thank you very much to Scott Whitney and the yeah. cast and crew of the Living in Las Vegas podcast on the Vegas video network. Thank you, pops. I know Tony's sitting here going, yeah, 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 but what do you win? Uh, fair question. There's a couple of things that you might want to win. First of all, it's called have a drink on me, Tony. That means that if you're in town, whether you're a local or a tourist, I'll buy you a drink. We tend to go to uh, Golden Tiki. Oh, nice. where we're not going. We're not going to um, oh, anywhere at the Venetian <laughs> where it's $18 a fucking drink. Uh, so a drink. That's what most people would like. Well, but, but wait, there's more. Let's say that you're musically inclined. Well, of course you are. Well, then guess what? You can pick one of my CDs. You can pick one of the Chris Acoustic or Chris Acoustic 2 CDs. Whoops, there it is. That's, that's, God, what the, hold on. It's like a card trick. Chris Acoustic or Chris Acoustic 2, perfect for the holiday season. Or if you're an acoustic Latin jazzy guy, you might want to check out Good Jazzathon. Yes, Scott, but I want more. Well, why wouldn't you? I'm a tutorial guy. What does that mean? I want you to look good. You might want to get yourself a Vegas Video Network visor. It's black like my heart or red like other people's heart. Now, here's the great thing about this baby right here. Let's say you win, and I'm super proud of you for doing that. You take a, the hat, you, you, you take a picture, and you send me that photo. I take that photo, and I look at it, and I, 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 I rub it. And I put it in an area, in a group. What's that area called? Well, fair enough. You asked the right questions, Tony. But quietly, and I like that about you. If you have a picture and you send it in, you become a part of the galaxy of God. There is a Gregor and then there's Bill, Mr. Testy and Steve and Michael and Robert and Rosie and Scott. And Michael and Binky and Bub and Alan. And then his wife, Erin, who are nudists. And Bob, Bob's wife, and Danny and Shan. Not Chan and Craig and Glenn. Jimmy, too. Jeez, Rob, who's over in Hawaii. And of course, we are in Hawaii. There's Stuart and Christina, whose all babies are because of my music. And Don and Jackie and Mike. Look out, Mike! Easy. Oh my gosh, you'll be okay. Pops, eight-time winner, and Sammy and Carol and a dog, and Chris, who's all babies. Oh no, oh, he's in my pool because he drank so much. And there's Brett's dad and me and Wayne, and don't forget our good buddy Brett as well. Okay. Oops, there's Brett. Hold on. There it is. All right. I wanted to applaud, not that. Okay, here we go. Run him on. All right, here's last week's Have a Drink on Me. Stand by. Wait, there it is. And the hints were cat. Uh, nope, shit. Oak and Ivory on Fremont Street. Oak and Ivy 
on Fremont Street, Oak and Ivy on Fremont Street. Very well done. We had uh, 18 of 19 correct answers. Let's take a look at them. You ready? Now, this is the part where you're going to play along. Okay. Get ready with your pen. Get ready with your post-it notes. Here we go. Okay, our first correct answer. Unpresent. You're not going to believe this. Our first answer was not from Ozzy Deb, who is who's from Australia, who's watching right now live in Australia. She's been the first person for the last. I'm going to go a year. Because you can't buy her a drink. Well, no. Here's what I, we, I bought her a drink, and she's bought me a drink. Okay. We've, uh, but she's she's 12 hours ahead. That's why she is always ahead of us because she knows stuff. Okay. But. The first answer we received was not from Ozzy Deb, but the problem was the first correct answer was from Ozzy oh. Deb. Oh, Gregor had the first answer, but it was wrong. So Ozzy Deb, again, number one, Ozzy Deb, one for the correct answer. You're going to write Ozzy Deb, like an Australia Deb, or just Deb. Okay, we got you. On the, on the top half, Ozzy yeah, yeah. Deb. I got you. No rush. It's Aussie. Or, it's Aussie Deb. Ozzy, Ozzy. O-Z-Z. No, it's A-U-S-S-I-E. Fuck. That's fine and good help. Rough. So fold it in half. Like that? Yeah. And then do one more because she's also in the live chat. Okay. So already she's got three in there. You see what's happening here? See how magical this is? This is magical. Pretty cool, right? Aussie Deb. Aussie Deb. Yep. And then we've got Gregor who like did 15 different entries before he got one right, but he was actually number two. All right. Next up, we've got Binky. One for the correct answer. One for being in the live chat. Binky, B-I-N-K-I-E. And then we've got Sam Jackson. Samuel Jackson, the Samuel Jackson. One for the correct answer, one for being in the live chat. And then we got James Wallish, or Jaws M-N. One for the correct answer, one for being in the live chat. Yeah, I'm going to have to take this one. Come on, let's go, man. man. Just let me down. What in the world? James Wallace, or Wallace, or Jaws. Just write Jaws. Poor penmanship right there. That's right. That's it. Yours. Yeah, no, that's because I'm a doctor. You get that? Let me I see your penmanship. Let me see how much better it is. You can read it. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair comment. Uh, Steve Rhodes from the UK. And we've got uh, Jeff uh, Brunacci, who loves the show. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Mike from the Couve. Okay. One for the correct answer. Mike from the Couve, which is Vancouver. One for being in the live chat. Well done. Gotcha. And we've got Black Jack Bolin. There you go. Correct answer. We've got Bill98036, whose zip code will change shortly. We've got Lou from Montreal, Canada. And he says, uh, 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 merci beaucoup. Boom. And we continue. There's more. Andy in New Hampshire, one for the correct answer. Andy in New Hampshire, one for being in the live chat. Well done, well done, one well done. We've got Tom Yu, longtime player. We've got Jimmy Two G's off in the live chat, but I don't see him today. Terry Regnanganunga, yeah, South Dakota, which is the better Dakota, just in case you're wondering. Uh, Dave Manchester from Great Britain. Nice to know. Phase Jitter, one for the correct answer. Phase Jitter, one for being in the live chat. Phase Jitter. It's just like it sounds. <laughs> and then we have a video entry from Pops. But wait a minute. Didn't Pops win last year? Last year. Last, last show? He did. And we know 
the greedy bastard rule doesn't allow him to play again this episode. Are you going to show it anyway? But we're going to show it anyways because he's doing the right thing. Okay. Pops? That's right. I'm always careful to send in a thank you email and a thank you video just to say, hey, thanks for letting me play. This does raise an interesting question, though. Scott, we need a rule. I donated my prize back, and there was a second drawing. I'm claiming the win, and if they win, that person got the prize. Are they included in the no greedy bastard rule or not? Mm -hmm. Your show, your contest, your rules. We do need clarification, though, Judge. Thank you very much. <sighs> Pops, I, uh, I don't disagree with the question, and I'm here to answer it. Obviously, Pops knows that he can't be in it, but does the person who he gave the win to, should he be allowed, which in this case was Who's Your Daddy? No! He would be a greedy bastard, too, so Who's Your Daddy would be disqualified as well. No, he didn't submit, which he normally does. Maybe he knew that he would have been a greedy bastard had he done that. All right, here we go. Let's uh, see who our winner is. You'll be picking the winner, Tony. See, dreams do come true. Coffee and making dreams come true. Go! I hope I can read it. I hope it's one of mine. Right. I, that was mean and uncalled for. Not, not called mean for. Mean-spirited. Okay. What do you got? It is my handwriting. Well, that's fantastic. Who is it? Do I know who it is? I, well, yeah, I would. He's from New Hampshire. Wow. He's Andy. Andy! Andy's a good man. He's won a few times before. Way to go, Andy, who's in the live chat. So he doubled his pleasure. He doubled his fun. Let's look at this week's Have a Drink on Me. Wow. Oh, my God. We're 10 minutes over. It's like I just It's my to... fault. It is your fault. My God. Who knew people could talk about UNLV, for fuck's sake? Here we go. Here's <laughs> Here it is. Here's this week's Have a Drink on Me. Hint number one. Iowa farmer Ray wanted to have one of these with his dead dad. Iowa farmer Ray wanted to have one of these with his dead dad. Hit number two. If you are a highly sought-after person in the dating market, you'd be called this. If you are a highly sought-after person in the dating market, you'd be called this. Is it cougars? You don't talk out loud during this. God damn it. Hit number three, and our final hint before I have to commit murder. <laughs> And number three, fishermen in Alaska's Bering Sea have a deadly version of this. Fishermen in Alaska's Bering Sea have a deadly version of this. If you know the answer, send it to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Again, have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. But this is harder. I didn't give any geographical hints, which I normally do. Mm. You just got to figure this one out on your own, you smart people, you. And if you do, then you will go to heaven. I just recorded that, so I wanted to use it. What are you going to do? All right. Hey, that's it. Thanks, Tony. It's been great to be here. It's fun. You're awesome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, if you guys want to send us an email, you can do so by sending an email to onairq at livinginlv.com. Again, onairq at livinginlv.com. Let's say you want to send us a voicemail because you want to hear your dulcet tones. And you know what? I want to hear them as well. Just go to our homepage. If you look at the right side, you'll see a little tab. You'll click that tab. A little box will pop up. And you're going to click start recording. Why? 
because you have a microphone attached to your computer. By the way, we're on the, all the social medias, the Twitter, the Facebook, and all that nonsense. Uh, we're on the iTunes. And if you're watching or listening to us on iTunes, we'd ask you to give us a five-star review on either one of those. Hey, we're on the YouTube. That's how lots of Sarge found us today on the YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Share us with your friends. We're also on Roku with over 80,000 installs. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Chromecast, Apple, Google Fire TV. We're on uh, Google Play and, of course, the VegasVideoNetwork.com. Thanks again to Tony for playing along. It's good to be with a real broadcaster. <laughs> it's, and, nice, uh, uh, it's nice to be with a real broadcaster. <laughs> I've got everybody fooled. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Living in Las Vegas on the Vegas Video Network. Take care, everybody.